Well, y'all, I'm so excited to be speaking with you tonight, but I'm a little bit more excited for the fact that we have some special guests here with us tonight. We know them, we love them, and they've kind of entered in this room not knowing they're entering into like our undivided family, okay? So these people, these guests are our middle school students, and they can attest to this. Come on, we can give it up for them real quick. Yes, come on. <laughs> You guys, they can probably attest to this. Jordan's probably right there. I've probably told her a million times how cool she is, and I've probably told our middle schoolers that I like want to be them when they grow, when I grow up, because they're so stinking cool. Um, but with that also being said, I kind of was thinking about what if Naharka was in middle school in this room? Like, what would she look like? I really wanted to paint this picture for you guys on what Naharka, like, what it like looked like in 2013, 2014. Um, but as I thought about that, I didn't step into this room until I was a junior in high school. So with that being said, what was Naharka doing in middle school then? So tonight is the one night only that I will embarrass myself a little and show you guys this video. I don't know if it'll pop up, but a video of Naharka in 2013. <laughs> Um, can we play the sound? Because Naharka put in work for this. Okay, let's... With the monster, the sound of my bed. <gasps> hey, best friend! Okay, that's... <laughs> awesome! Well, guys, just to paint a little picture, that's what Naharka was doing in 2013. So that's what Naharka was doing in middle school rather than being in this room. Um, but I really just wanted to paint that picture for your pure entertainment, and you guys could get to be the only ones that say that you got to see Naharka look like that. But also, I just wanted to say that, with that being said, I want to start off by saying that none of you in this room are here by accident. That none of you guys, you guys might be thinking about that and going, Naharka, come on. You're probably rolling your eyes and going, you're, I've heard that so many times. Taylor's probably said it. Michaela's probably said it. Like, Naharka, it's, it's just going to be another night. Like, it's just going to be another night. And with that being said, I didn't step, like I said, I didn't step into this room until I was a junior. Step my middle school students tonight. Let's lean in. Let's press in. You guys are going to, you guys are here. You guys are leaning in. You guys aren't on your bed making videos on Instagram. So let's really press in and lean in tonight. And to my high schoolers. Some of you might be here years. Some of you guys might have just entered the room tonight. So let's lean in. Let's press in. And if all you guys can take away one thing off my message, that's all you need. Let's stick to that, and let's try to grab one thing. Let's leave anything that you've left at. Let's leave any heaviness at the door. Let's leave any drama at the door. And most importantly, let's leave the pettiness at the door. Come on. I said it. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you for these students, and I thank you for the ones that have entered this room tonight, from the new seventh graders to the ones who have been here for years, God. I just thank you for them, and I thank you for who they are. God, right now, I just pray that you overwhelm them with peace right now, and you tell them that those distractions are not going to be here tonight, God. I just pray that each one leans in, each one presses in, and each one is going to hear from you tonight, God, that it is their birthright to hear from their Heavenly Father. So I just pray tonight, God, that the Spirit's in this room, so I just pray that each individual leans in, presses in, and hears from you. In your name, amen. 
Amen. Amen. Amen. Um, well, with that being said, let's start. So I absolutely love worshiping. Who loves worshiping? Yeah, if not, that's okay. I also like praying. That's kind of cool. And so as we were worshiping tonight, I want to be a little honest. Not even just tonight, from nights before. I will come into this room and go, okay, Jesus, you can have me. You can have it all. Here you go. And my hands are up in the air. Sometimes we do both arms, and then one arm gets tired, and then we'll go just one-handed. You feel me? And then we'll go halfway, and we'll go, okay, Jesus, I'm here. Like, okay. And then sometimes... We, like, we'll do a little, like, okay, Jesus, you see me, but I'm just here. And so with that being said, the reality is I do this, but in my heart, I'm really just sitting. And do you guys ever feel like that? That sometimes we feel the need to stand up and do this because we feel like we need to have it all together. We need to feel like the room needs to know that I'm spiritually, like, equipped that I'm spiritually strong, that if I do this, I'll fit in. Well, guess what? You're in this room, and you're already a part of the family, so there's no need to fit in. And so with that being said, why do we do this then, but then feel like our heart's really just sitting there? The reality is we're so focused on what happened right before UD, that text message that went just came in during worship. We're so worried about what's going to happen next or what tomorrow looks like that we forget the one thing that will bring us peace is worship. The one thing that will bring us peace is the presence of the Lord. But what do we do instead? We think about what we're going to eat after UD. We think about what tomorrow looks like. We think about everything else that went wrong instead of just simply coming here and actually just going, Jesus, I need you. And you're not just raising your hand to raise your hand, but you're raising your hand because you're surrendering your life to him. So in Ecclesiastes, there's a perfect character named Solomon, and he's the perfect example of someone who says they have it all together. He's the ruler, he's the king, he's the person that has all this wealth, all this greatness, all this success. But on the inside, he's empty. So on the outside, he's acting like, okay guys, I got it, I'm here, I'm, I'm so great. But then on the inside, he's empty. He says, but as I looked at everything, I'd worked so hard to accomplish, it was all so meaningless. It was all like chasing the wind. There was nothing really worthwhile anymore. Now, I don't know about you guys, but that's exactly how I feel during worship. That's exactly how I feel even at this moment right now. That I don't know if I'll hear from Jesus tonight. I don't know if I will just get it. And that's just one story in the Bible. And that's just one character in the Bible. So if we're going to do a little side note here, um, if some of you guys don't have a physical Bible on you here tonight, well, let's get you one. All right? This Bible carries just drama, thriller, and perfect people. It carries love stories. It carries, you know, you name it. It has everything in this book. So if you don't have a physical copy, let's get you one tonight. And if you're going to Harka, I'm into my, you know, iPhone, like, version Bible. Well, guess what? That's cool. Let's have you download that app too, but let's get you a real Bible. So tonight I want to speak on the idea of Jesus never asked if you were busy. Jesus never asked if you were busy. Come on. Okay. So when we thought about busyness, I want to be honest, when I came up with that title, I was like, ooh, Naharka, that's a little fire. 
but really it came out of bitterness because I had recently just asked a friend, hey, want to hang out? Let's get coffee. And she goes, yeah, I'm a little busy, but like my life's a little busy, but yeah, let's make time. Ugh, that didn't sound right. <laughs> I didn't like that. I was like, oh, so you're so busy that you have to fit me in your life? Like, thank you. Um, but I bet all of us came up with something when we thought of busy. And so Webster's Dictionary states it as foolishly active, full of distracting. It, the synonyms to this is literally tied up, grip, and fascinated. And this idea of tied up and being foolishness is exactly how we feel throughout our day. You can't seem to, you seem to have it all together on the outside, but you seem to be hopeless and meaningless on the inside. So with that, I want to tell you guys a story in the Bible. Can everyone say Martha? Martha. Can everyone say Mary? Mary? Awesome. Well, okay, so this is kind of a little fun game, but I want you guys all, anytime that the script, so the scripture is going to come up, and anytime it says Martha or Mary, you're going to say it with me. Got it? Cool. Can we have the scripture up on the screen? Great. Ready? Oh. Great. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to the village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said, but was distracted by all the preparations they, that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, why don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Thank you. The Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Wow. Let's go back and really dive into scripture and dissect what Jesus is showing us. Because when I first read this passage, I was like, okay, cool. Like, I get it. Martha and Mary, like, they met Jesus. Great for them. One of them sat by his feet, and then one of them was doing other things. I get it. She might have been busy. Um, so let's talk about the beginning. Martha opened her home to him. So Martha was the one that welcomed Jesus into her home. How many of us encounter the presence of Jesus and then forget in the next time things go wrong? And then get this. Later in the passage, it says, Martha came to Jesus and says, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me then what do we do when things go busy? We tend to blame others. We tend to blame others for the things that we started for ourselves. That we invite Jesus into our life and we say, Jesus, you're real and you're present in my life, but then when things go wrong, we blame everyone else. In my defense, I think Jesus really told her how it is after. This is my favorite part. Jesus says, you're worried and upset about many things, but a few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken from her. And I love how he said, Martha, Martha. That he calls you by his name when you're going all sorts of places. But he doesn't just call you by his name, by your name. He calls you by your name twice. The end simply says, Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken from her. You see, the idea of better doesn't mean that Martha or Mary is right. That both of them, at the end still do the right thing. Martha invited Jesus in, and then Mary was at his feet. 
So what I find so crazy is that both of them weren't wrong, but one of them decided to do what was number one on, our, on her priority list. While Mary was at Lord's feet listening, Martha was doing every other task that she forgot to be, she forgot to realize how at peace and how fulfilling it is to be at the feet of Jesus. Just like how we forget that how calming it is, how peaceful it is to be in the presence of Jesus during worship. And so how have you been going from your day to day? Are you being a Martha? Are you being a Mary? Are you being a Martha that's invited Jesus into your life but has forgotten what it's like to spend time with him? Are you Mary? You haven't technically welcomed Jesus into your home, but you're wanting that relationship. You're wanting Jesus and you're wanting, you're willing to forget about the world, but you haven't really invited him in yet. Or maybe you're neither. You don't know where you're at with Jesus, and that's okay. He's okay with waiting for where you're at. Because what I realized as I was thinking about that was I didn't really find a real relationship with Jesus until I was a junior in high school. But I look at that time before, and I knew Jesus was prevalent during those years. There was no way I would have been in this room junior year if it wasn't for Jesus during the years past. So I'm here to tell you guys tonight that if you don't know where your relationship is at with Jesus, that's okay. Because he's working. He's working harder than he is in your life right now, and you don't even know it. So let's acknowledge that, and let's lean into that. And as I was thinking about Mary and Martha, I was thinking a little bit about, okay, well, what have I been doing in my life that's kind of, you know, neglecting? Um, The story reminded me of a time when I was in middle school. And after I come home from school, who has chores? I had chores, maybe. I don't know. Um, Cool. So I had chores, and honestly, I pride myself. I'm like, Naharka, you're a good kid. Like, you did everything you needed to do. You did your homework. You even, like had sports after middle school, I don't know, (laughs) and, but the one thing that I hated doing was putting away the dishes after they were done drying. I don't know why it's that specific. I just didn't like um, picking up my dishes after they were drier in the dishwasher, and so I would do everything in my power besides pick up those dishes and put them away. I would literally do any other task. I would like fold the clothes. I would vacuum. I would whatever. I would do any other task. And I made sure my mom saw it because I was like, oh, if she sees me doing these other tasks, she'll forget that I hadn't put away the dishes. I would even do my homework in front of her to show her that like, oh, mom, I'm so busy with school. Like, I'll do the dishes tomorrow. Like, don't worry. Like, take one for the team tonight. I'll do it tomorrow. I would even... This one's funny. (laughs) I would even fake sleep on the couch. Who's ever done that? I don't know. Maybe that's just, okay. I'm not alone. (laughs) But I would fake sleep. But she's so smart that she would literally go, like, she would understand when I'm fake sleeping and then when I'm, like, real sleeping. So that only lasted a couple weeks. And then I would even try to tiptoe upstairs. (laughs) If you've been to my house, my stairs are literally in the middle of my home. So here's my stairs, here's the kitchen, here's the dining room, here's the living room. Like, how was I, there was no way no one's going to not hear me while going upstairs. But as I realized that, as I realized that story, isn't that how we treat our time with Jesus? Think about it. Isn't that how we treat our time with Jesus? We do everything else in our life that really matters um, except to be in the presence of him. 
we will take on more at school because we think, oh, well, Jesus sees me being in sports. Jesus sees me joining this club. So that'll make him happy. So I'll just do that. Like that's how I'm going to be in my moment with him. We will open up revival, but then take our phone out and scroll on Instagram for a little bit and think we're spending time with Jesus. And sometimes we'll literally tiptoe away from our Bible because we feel ashamed to even open it. And, the la- and lastly, sometimes we'll get ignore our texts from leaders because we don't want to hear the truth that they have in our life. And even here tonight, we'll come to you thinking, this is the time I'll spend with Jesus, and that's it. So don't get me wrong. Coming to Invited, coming to Undivided is where we get our seeds. And if you know me, I love talking about seeds. I'm pretty sure I've talked about it a lot. But this is basically because in my mind, I can think of these seeds. And we get these seeds from coming to Undivided. We get these seeds when we honor our family. We get these seeds when we don't speak bad about someone. And they're imaginary seeds, but they're there. But how do you grow seeds? With dirt, but also with water. And how do we get that water? We spend time with Jesus, that he's pouring into our seeds. Seeds are going to stay seeds unless we pour into them. And how are we going to pour into them? With that water. And how are we going to get that water? While spending time with Jesus. And so every time you take a split second to be with him, he's there. He's growing those seeds. And so I have four points on not being busy. And so the first point, be willing to say no to the world. Come on. I have to say, that's hard. Um, Who feels the need to fill up their schedule right now because the last six months were so free? Because I do. I literally think that, oh, well, I missed out on the first half of 2020, so let me just fill up the rest of 2020 and hope that, you know, it gets busier. But guess what? You feel lonelier. You feel isolated because that feeling of being lonely comes when you're not spending time with Jesus. You see, Martha wasn't willing to say no to everything else in her life, so she missed out on the one point of her finding fulfillment and her finding peace. I saw this from another pastor today, and I didn't think this was by surprise, and he stated, some of the best things that God will do will not be in your schedule. So let's say no to the world, and let's say yes to Jesus. I love what Tyler had to say, that sometimes we'll say no to Jesus because we just don't feel like the situation's right. We feel like, well, Jesus, I'll, do, I'll, I'll try tomorrow, not today. I'm not feeling it today. Let's be willing to say no to the world. Number two understand your identity. I'd love to have a handbook on how to find your identity and who you are because the reality is who I thought I was in middle school isn't who I am now. But the only constant we have right now is in the word. He literally calls us, let's see, he calls us his salt and light of the earth in Matthew 5, 13. He tells us we're God's co-worker in 2 Corinthians 6. He has called you in 2 Peter. You're a witness and a worker in Acts. You're a citizen in heaven in Philippians. And you have a glorious future in Romans. That's your identity. Your identity isn't going to come from what your friends say right now. Because guess what? Those people that are in your life right now may not be in your life five years down the road. So let's find our identity in what's constant and what's not changing. Number three, spend time with Jesus. You might go, Narka, come on, be a little bit more like, I don't know, like that's a duh statement. But seriously, 
Spend time with Jesus. And some of you guys might be asking, Nahark, I don't know how. I don't know how to spend time with Jesus. And some of you guys might be going, well, how do I start? Or I don't know if I can hear him. I heard this one time. I'm pretty sure it's from Taylor, but I have no clue. Um, the idea is, so who has friends, right? We all, some of us, God's your friend. Um, and so with that, you spend so much time with them so you know their voice. And so if they were in this crowd and I went, hi, Michaela, she would know it's me. So that's how Jesus is for us. If we spend time in his word and if we start hearing what he has to say in the Bible and we spend time in here, we'll know his voice. And so from this, when he's in the crowd and during worship and you're worshiping him, you'll hear him because he's speaking to you. He's speaking to you right now. Number four, you're right where you're supposed to be. Be reminded of that. I think a lot of times we have questions and answers of when we fall short. Nahark, I'm here, but you don't want to know what I did last week. Nahark, I'm here, but I don't know what's next for me. I'm here, I'm, tr- I'm doing everything right, but I don't know what's next. Well, guess what? You're right where you're supposed to be. I wasn't even in this room in middle school, but I ended up here. The fact you guys are all here in this room, you're here for a purpose. You're right where you're supposed to be, so let's lean into that. Now, I want all of us to look, actually, at all three points. If you've written them down, side note, if you don't take notes, take notes. (laughs) But if we look at that, it says busy. You might go, Narka, I thought we were talking about how not to be busy. Well... Let's not be the busy that's distracting ourselves from Jesus. Let's not be the busy that's taking us away from time from being with him. But let's be the busy that's guiding us back to these four points. It's your time. Lean in and be available to what Jesus has for you. And that word available is really where that stemming of this idea of busy comes from. Those two words are polar opposites. Naharka, how can I be busy, but how can I also be available? So as the worship team comes up, they're going to sing the song Available again. And I want us to be reminded that these words that we're singing in that song, here I am, you can have it all, that's powerful. Like, if you can't really say that, don't say it. The idea is that you want to be available to Jesus, that you want to be here for him. So I'd love for all of us to stand up. And close our eyes real quick. And I want us to clear our minds. Clear our minds from the clutter. Clear our minds of what's going on right now in this moment. Clear our minds from anything that you're doing after. I want you to really think about all those busy thoughts and tell them no. That this is your time to be available to Jesus. This is your time to meet with Jesus tonight. That you are God's children and you have the right to hear from him tonight. Okay? So let's close our eyes. Let's say no to those thoughts, those anything that's not from the, from the Lord. And he's trying to speak to you. He's trying to tell you that you're equipped. That you aren't your past. That you will not follow in your parents' footsteps. You are worthy. 
you're seen in God's eyes as his daughter, as his son. You're equipped. You're not too young. You are not too young. You have value. You have purpose. And you have a call on your life. Let me repeat that. You have a call on your life. Each individual in this room right now has a call on their life if they're choosing to be available to what Jesus has for them. As we sing these songs, let's sing them like we mean it. Let's give it everything we got, you guys. Tonight is the night that we get to say no to the noises from the back, noises from the world, noises from anything that Jesus isn't wanting from you, that you're here in this room for a call and a purpose, that you're here, he's going to speak to you. I'm believing in that. It's gonna be different for every person. So as I pray, I'm praying over each student here on the idea that you will speak, you will hear from Jesus in a different way, that the person next to you might not hear the same thing that you hear, but he's calling you right now. He's calling you to step into leadership. He's calling you to step into your school, even though that looks online. He's calling you to get creative. He's calling you to get rid of your past, that you are not your past. He's calling you to be available to who he has called you to be. He's calling you to say no to the world right now. He's calling you. So let's sing. Ah.